When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Auburn Live recruiting show, also known as the Shriver Freaking Pond. It's fat, baby. <laughs> it's undefeated, man. Lord George, Lord George pointed it out. The yeah, triple pond is undefeated. That's right. So, uh, uh, anyways, yeah, the, the triple freaking pond. I'm, I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, senior recruiting editor for Auburn Live on Three. If you're not a member of that site, you should be because you can afford it. I promise you, it is half off right now, and we'll even give you the first week free. Go check it out, Auburn Live on Three. I am joined as I always am on these Friday mornings by Mr. Cole Pinkston, Auburn Live recruiting analyst. Cole Pinkston, Cole, how the hell are you, big dog? Man, I am. I'm good. I'm gonna ride up and see uh, Central Phoenix City play IMG Academy. Oh. That'll be fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We yeah. will talk about that next week because we want to hear from Mr. J Head this morning. Look at him with his digs on, with his medium sized shirt on. Hey, you know what? I'm in fighting shape. A nice 175 pounds, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm part of the team here. I like it. I got my. Cole, what are you doing? Do oh, I you wearing mine, you mean? Oh, oh, oh okay, okay. Oh, some Chipley gear. I like it. Look, well, you story. I hear you, brother. Te- technically, you technically, they were for the call-in show. So I yep. don't expect Zach in the back to come to the front with his own this morning. I wore it on the call-in show. You did, you did, you did. You did. I, didn't well, have, I didn't have mine. I had to I had to put my brand new gear on, man. Well, no yeah, man. They're a little tight fitting. Yeah, look, look. Poor little tight. I, I was feeling bad about myself because you gave me an XL. My dad, my dad, boy, come kind of showing through here. Uh, <laughs> all thanks to Miss Jessica Andrews from EXP Realty, the oh. best realtor, in my opinion, in the Auburn market. If you're looking for a home, looking for your new house, your dream house, your forever home in Auburn, Opelika, Lee County, give Jessica a call, 334-704-4442. She does residential. She does investment property. She's flipping houses. Not flipping houses. She's closing a deal right now as she is on the beach in Florida somewhere. Hopefully manless. Anyway, give Jessica a call with EXP Realty, 334-704-4442. Tell her we sent you. You might, might even get a Auburn Live on three digs. Maybe. Mm. Maybe. Well, I, 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 let me tell you something, folks. It's Friday. It's September the 23rd, and Auburn is 2-1. and one. Although, uh, they're 2-1. and one. There you go. They're 2-1. They're 2-1. They had a huge recruiting weekend. We're going to hit recruiting real quick. I, listen, I'm about done with the Penn State game. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm done with it. We've talked about it all week. We talked about it on the recruiting show. We talked about it on the podcast. You know, we, we've done it. It's Friday. It's time to move on. It's time to look ahead. There was a big recruiting weekend last weekend. Mixed reviews from recruits. 
oddly enough, there were some positives in there. Um, next weekend against LSU is going to be another huge weekend. It's uh, 6 o'clock under the lights at Jordan-Hare with LSU coming to town in October. Because I think it will be October, right? October 1st? Yes. Yeah. Going to be a uh, raucous crowd, or you would presume, presumably a raucous crowd. This weekend, as far as recruiting goes, fellas, more uh, I, I labeled it the calm between two storms. You had a big recruiting weekend last weekend. You got a big one next weekend. This weekend is an 11 a.m. kickoff. It's against Missouri. Not a lot to be excited about. Uh, not a lot to, uh, you know, put on the line to get recruits to come. There's no reason to really rush anything. I think a lot of the visits that we were expecting for this weekend have been pushed back to next weekend, including Alex Sanford, the linebacker committed to Arkansas, who's going to come in next weekend for an official visit. Uh, Arion Carter, the uh, the stud that Auburn – Believe it or not, was the first big school to offer last week, and since then, Woo. I mean, Alabama—I mean, you name it—Alabama, Michigan, Tennessee, USC, Oregon—all have offered this kid. He's going to be in next weekend for the LSU game. This weekend for the Missouri game, you're looking at one official visitor in Ashley Williams. He's coming up from Zachary, Louisiana. He's committed to Auburn. He flipped from Nebraska back before the coaching change of Scott Frost or the firing of Scott Frost. So he'll be in. And then you've got IMG, who has been in town practicing. They're going to play Central Phoenix City, as Cole said, tonight. Mm-hmm. And they've been in Auburn. They practiced at Auburn yesterday. They did a tour of the facilities. This is an all-star, national all-star team from Florida. All these kids moved to Florida to go to IMG. Uh, the one we're going to be keeping an eye on the most is Gabriel Harris, the four-star edge, who's committed to Georgia. He's from Valdosta. Auburn has been on him for a while, hasn't given up. And according to Keith, who went by and saw him earlier this week and IMG, Auburn's got a shot with him mm-hmm. as it stands today. So getting him on campus is big. And then IMG's got, you know, five stars and four stars and the number one running back in the country in 2024. They're loaded. And according to Keith, I'm not going to spend too much time on them because Auburn, not really a major player for the other guys. Gabe Harris is the one to watch with mm-hmm. IMG this weekend. Um, he's really good friends with Adam Hopkins, the four-star wide receiver commitment from Thomasville. And he uh, wants early playing time, and obviously Auburn has that to offer. So not a big weekend this weekend. You've got Gabe Harris. All eyes will be on him. Um, I think some commitments are coming. Jeremiah Cobb's coming down. Obviously, Braden Joyner will be there. I'm sure J.C. Hart will be there. But overall, not a big weekend, more or less all odds will be on that football team because this is a must win, Jay Head. It is a huge must win. And let's actually, <clears throat> you kind of said it already and alluded to it, and, and Keith has said it as well. Let's do give some kudos here to the uh, the off the field recruiting staff as well as Bill and Tony um, and Cadillac Williams, who have major ties to IMG Academy, probably for helping facilitate this and ensure that these tours have been done, the contacts have been made not like you said for this 2023 class, but for 2024 and 2025 moving forward. And that's massive, guys, because when you get into, like, the 2023 class, you guys have seen Jay Lee's hot boards. You know there's a hot list of about 50 or 60 prospects that we're actually really recruiting right now. All right? Gabriel Harris is one of those guys, and there's really not anybody else that we're in on. But 2024 and 2025, you're looking at boards of about 350 400 prospects, and every one of these kids is on there. So I do want to give props to this off-the-field staff, Darren Usher, Stephen Ruzik, 
um, everybody else that's, you know, within that department for helping get this done. But Missouri, guys, this is, this is a massive game. I mean, we talked about on the recruiting calling show, it is a game-by-game -game basis for what to expect for this coaching staff moving forward. It's a – look, and I know Coach Harson said, you know, every game is a must-win. Literally, after the performance last week, this is a must-win for the – if nothing more, for the psychology of this team to get the loss of this Penn State out of their mouth, out of their head, and thinking that they can play better than what they performed this past Saturday. Mm. Yeah. Cool, you feel the same. Absolutely. Yeah, it's – I thought last week was a must-win. So uh, <laughs> you, you lose that one, you really made this one. I mean, your back's against the wall, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so you come out fighting. Some people come out fighting. Some, and, uh, you know, this is their chance to show that they can come out fighting. Not just the coaches, the players too. Players have been, uh, you know, I think, uh, for recruiting from a recruiting standpoint. Yes. Is if Auburn comes out, all the players are juiced. Jordan Hare Stadium is still, you know, what it can be. Mm -hmm. Even though it's an eleven o'clock game, that's kind of that's kind of a letdown. But uh, if you have all that going, though, I think, um, I think man, that helps recruiting. That helps recruiting all day long. It helps recruiting. Even the guys watching on TV. And for the record, I mean, you know, I know all kinds of people have all kinds of criticisms of the staff and the recruiting staff, and I'm with Jay Head giving them props. To, I thought one of the best things they've done is getting kids on campus. They've gotten kids on campus uh, consistently. Yep. They've got them to come to games, young guys, old guys, or, you know, seniors, guys that are recruiting uh, right now. So, yeah, I mean, they, they've done a great job doing that. They, they really have the visitor list. have been loaded. Um, and, and they're going to go see some guys tonight, too. You know, the evaluation period started or opened September the 1st. Auburn went out the first weekend. I think they're going to have seen 13 games after tonight. Tonight, uh, we talked IMG, Central Phoenix City, all those studs on IMG. Central Phoenix City, of course, home to former Auburn commitment uh, Carmelo English, yes. plus some 2024 guys. Tamarian Parker, I, I don't even want to mention him. I mean, yeah, he's a, he, he's a recruit, but Auburn is not in on him. Uh, but Ike Hilliard, and Cadillac Williams both going to see this game. Uh, Jarrett Gibson is the number one running back in 2024 from IMG. Cadillac Williams is going to be all over him. If you all remember Cadillac Williams, do you remember where he was before he came to Auburn? Yep, IMG Academy. He was the running backs coach at IMG Academy, so he's got a lot of uh, connections down there. Mm -hmm. Going to be at the game tonight. Also, I, I thought it was interesting, Christian Robinson's going down to Tampa tonight to see Lewis Carter, Jarris McIntyre's four-star linebacker, Ontarius yes. Thomas four-star linebacker recruit who's committed to Oklahoma. Uh, Christian Robinson has not given up on Lewis Carter, still trying to get him back on campus. And I would be surprised if he didn't. But I thought the second game that Christian's going to see <clears throat> is even more interesting. He's going to see Carol Wood Day, who is, which is home to Clay Whedon. Clay Whedon. How about that? How about you? Going to see Clay Whedon which Clay Whedon, as we covered back in the summer, was all about some Auburn. We're not sure that Auburn made a serious push, serious, serious <laughs> push. push. <laughs> serious push for him. He ended up committing to Michigan State. He's such an awesome kid. He was like, man, I'm committed. It's not right for me to visit Auburn, so we canceled his visit to Auburn. That was 
previously scheduled. Auburn's going to check in on him again tonight, which I thought was interesting. Also, a couple of new names, um, at least for me, Jimmy Brumbaugh is going to see Steven Johnson from Whitewater in LaGrange, Georgia. Steven Johnson is a defensive lineman who's committed to Arkansas, I believe. And and the linebacker, they have a linebacker, Raul McGuire, I think I'm pronouncing that right, who's committed to Miami. That's correct. And he's originally from the Broward County area, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was a South Florida guy, right? Yes, initially. When when I first started covering his recruitment, that was – he was yeah. a South Florida guy, and he, I wasn't surprised that he was committed to Miami. Now, when I look it up from LaGrange, I'm going, wait a minute, that didn't add up. No. But Steven Johnson is a new name for the defensive line board. Jimmy Brumbaugh is going to look at him tonight. Zach Etheridge is going to the Thompson-Clay Chalkville game, which okay. Thompson, of course, is loaded. And Clay Chalkville is loaded for 2024. I think they got a quarterback, McClellan. Is that right, Cole? Do you remember? Yeah, Kamari. 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 Kamari McClellan, all those guys were at the Auburn-Penn State game last weekend. The big group from Clay Chalkville were there. Um, Tony Mitchell, of course, came to San Jose State. And I think he's penciled in right now to come back for an official visit for the A&M game, maybe. I don't know if that'll happen. And, you know, flipping the five-star kid from Birmingham area from Alabama, we all know this is going to be extremely tough. But Zach's got him. Um, got him at least on the hook. And if he's visiting, then he's something, somebody to certainly watch. So you've got C-Rob going to see Lewis Carter, Clay Whedon, Zach going to see Thomas Thompson and Clay Chalkville, Brumball going to see Steven Johnson, Raul McGuire, and then uh, Ike and Carnell going to see IMG at Central. And so, so pretty big weekend, not when it comes to recruiting, but the football game obviously is very important. Coaches going back on the road, obviously important. IMG being on campus, obviously important. So some things to uh, – some newsworthy items, we should say. And then also, let's don't forget about the basketball guy, uh, LeBaron Phylum. Yeah. Stud, top 30 overall recruit in the 2024 class, the number one player from Alabama. He's been to Auburn several times before. He is a lefty from Baker, I believe. He is. In Mobile, J-Head's area. Yeah, my part of the country. So he'll be in for an official visit. Auburn has had stud after stud last weekend. They had the number five point guard, the number seven center, the number one power forward, the number five power forward, all in Auburn for uh, visits. Three of those were uh, official visits. And then J.D. Williams was an unofficial visit. So LeBaron Phylon coming back this weekend for uh, an official visit. Auburn is very, very high on him. The 2024 class for Auburn basketball is going to be phenomenal. I'm looking very much looking forward to covering that class. Yes. LSU game next weekend. If you, anybody got something to add, Jay, jump in here. So with regard to basketball, um, real quick, I want everybody to kind of understand. I know there's been a lack of excitement in the 2023 class. It's just because there's so many moving parts there that you don't exactly right. know who's going to return. You know, you've got one mm-hmm. and you've got Hayden Holloway committed, um, who is what the number four point guard in the entire country, I believe, um, and a big time prospect. So you're probably looking at maybe taking another high school player and then portal guys to kind of compensate you, or maybe a late riser in the spring or somebody that they double back on. But just without knowing exactly who's leaving from a roster management standpoint, it makes it really hard on Bruce to just go all in on certain guys here or there. But 2024, you know you're going to have openings. It's not even close. And they have built some really strong relationships in that class already. And I'm very excited to see – 
I mean, you're probably talking about, you know, a top five type class. Mm -hmm. Everything comes together the way that it can. There are in on some stuff. I'm expecting it to be top five. Yeah. I mean, I I firmly believe that. If the season holds up this year to kind of give them that cachet moving forward into 2024, and I feel certain that it will. I mean, what I saw over in Jerusalem was just a sneak peek of what we can be. Mm. Um, I think this is a team that's going to be a top, obviously a top half SEC team and somebody that's going to make a run in the NCAA tournament. And if you're making continuous postseason progress, your recruiting is going to be there. You know what I mean? Especially when you have a, a head coach like Bruce that puts the emphasis on the recruiting the way that he does. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you, the intensity matches the, the proof of concept on the court, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to recruit at a high level each and every year. Jay Phillips, our basketball <clears throat> analyst for Auburn Live on 3, does a fantastic job. He <clears throat> retweeted something yesterday. was a remarkable feat. Unbelievable for Auburn. Mm-hmm. In the past in five NBA drafts, According to Jay, Auburn is tied for the second most draft picks from the SEC and the fourth most overall from the last five draft picks. Auburn mm-hmm. has had six guys drafted in the past five drafts. Yes. Only behind Kentucky in the SEC. Wow. Which had 17. But Auburn, second most in the SEC. Tennessee's got six, too. Um, Alabama has had five. Auburn has had more draft picks in the last five drafts than Freaking North Carolina. Correct. Yeah. Correct. That is wild. Well, all right. So two things there. One, Auburn went about, what, Jeffrey, 16 years there without yeah. having an NBA draft pick. So didn't even pay Auburn, attention, yeah. You know what I mean? I think, did Marquise even get drafted or was he a free agent uh, that signed with Dallas? I can't even remember. I think Jamison Brewer is the last guy to get drafted. And that would have been circa 2001. Damn, really? Jamison Brewer, was that long ago? I believe Jamison Brewer. Marquise went undrafted. Yeah, Marquise went undrafted. I believe Jamison Brewer is the last person to get drafted from Auburn until Bruce's tenure. Okay. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And now the progress that he's made from the time that he's come on until this point. Guys, that is – that's a flat-out miracle, okay? It shows, you know what I mean, that when you hire a high-level coach, in regardless of whatever your sport is, and a guy that is a proven commodity that's a high-level recruiter, that things can and will change if they're supported properly. And Bruce has done that. He's completely changed the atmosphere and the way Auburn basketball is viewed, not only by fans – but by, you know, NBA talent scouts, general managers, anybody that's involved, and that bleeds over into your recruiting and how prospects see you. Jayhead, I, I got a question for you. Shoot. And I'm, I'm jumping in here where obviously I'm not the basketball guy. Okay. Which, and it's, it's crazy to me, but it's good. It's a good thing that mm-hmm. there's so much intrigue with basketball recruiting during football season at Auburn. That, that seemed like something that would never be possible. Cole, when I was in school at Auburn, I can tell you for a fact, and I worked with the basketball team underneath Cliff, that, listen, it it is night and day from where Bruce has this program. Even when Cliff had it, and that was coming off, you know what I mean, of a Sweet 16 run. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's crazy. But go ahead with your question. Yeah, well, my question is, obviously, Auburn's had basketball success 
in, mm-hmm. in the past, but nobody, nobody's ever followed basketball recruiting and, and every little detail about basketball like they are now with Bruce. I know Bruce is is his own entity, and, and he brings that, most of that. How much does Auburn help him with that, do you think? How much does Auburn play a factor in that? In other words, obviously he did it at Tennessee, but he was still able to come in here and do the exact same thing at Auburn. So I think having the proven success that he did at Tennessee was a transferable thing that gave him instant credibility with a lot of AAU coaches and high school coaches and him being able to say, I've put guys in the league. You know, I mean, he, being able to have the resume that he had walking into got him into doors. Now, what Auburn has done to support him afterwards, having an arena like Auburn Arena, uh, the financial support that they've given him specifically here recently, um, the recruiting budget, being able to hire the assistant coaches that he wanted to hire that he trusted to make solid evaluations. Because it wasn't like everybody was a five-star when they first came in. Okay, there were some really, really good evals. Jared Harper was a three-star nobody that Tony Jones saw and said, we got to have this kid. Yeah. And obviously Tony, you know, left after the first year, but made a solid eval. He went on to Peach Jam and, you know, became a sensation. Bryce, Bryce Brown, another fantastic eval. Yeah. But getting probably Mustafa Heron, it was that first domino. When that one hit, it caught everybody's attention. And then it was proof of concept of putting a winning concept on the floor and pressing the gas in recruiting so that that talent level never dropped off. Yeah. Because before, underneath, you know, Cliff's administration, the talent would go in waves. He would have a good class, and he would have a so-so class. And he would have a good class, and he would have a so-so class. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have a class like Marco Killingsworth and, you know, a handful of other guys where he just completely killed it. And then the next year, you know, he'd get – you know, a couple guys that were completely off the radar that probably were decent evals, but they just weren't the same same caliber of prospect. Bruce is going out there every year and continuously churning, grinding, finding guys that are transferable. So it's a combination of the two. You you have to have support. I mean, you have to have the facilities that Auburn has provided Bruce. At the same time, you have to have, you know what I mean, you – Having the, the cachet and the history that he had leading and the pedigree leading in that he did into Auburn yeah. helped him get his foot in the door initially. Yeah, that was obviously a big deal with him. Major deal. I don't, I don't mean to just change the subject, but but I wanted to comment on Stephen Johnson, Jeffrey. Yeah. The uh, defensive lineman that's committed to Arkansas that Jimmy Brumball is going to see. He was a – he camped at Auburn this summer, and – I think it was me and maybe Jason Caldwell were looking at him going, my gosh, that guy looks like uh, Derek Brown or something. I mean, he, just the way he's built. Okay. Sure. Not how he's playing or anything. Right. 6'4", uh, 320, not a, not a whole lot of terrible weight on him. So, I mean, this is just a guy that has that look. And, and I remember uh, maybe it was Jimmy or somebody else uh, that was giving him attention. And, and I've kind of kept a line of communication with, with Steven. And uh, he's been wanting to hear from Auburn a lot. So that's an interesting, interesting deal to me. Uh, from right down the road in LaGrange. Yep. He's committed to Arkansas. you got to think uh, that's <clears throat> beneficial, at least proximity to home for Auburn, should they yeah. decide to make a move on him. Of course, the other uh, Arkansas commitment that's going to be visiting Auburn next weekend, uh, Alex Sanford, the linebacker from Oxford, Mississippi. Cole, you went and saw him as well. You think Auburn can got, – got him a good shot there. I do, yeah. I think they got a good shot. Um, Alex is 
you know, well-spoken guy. He'll he'll kind of tell you what he's thinking. He's he's not afraid to tell you, and, and he's very very interested by Auburn in general. Uh, just just the the you know prowess of Auburn and, and the linebackers, and and he's he looks up to Owen Papo. He thinks Owen Papo is a guy that has really made his mark on the program, and and when he's being compared to a guy like Owen Papo in the sense that, hey, you're going to play this position. This is what we want you to do. This is your role. He goes, ah, now that's cool. So that's something that he's uh, – also, for those that don't know, his head coach over at Oxford High School is Chris Cutcliffe, who is David Cutcliffe's son. Right. And yep. um, thought he was cool, too. Talked to him for a while. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just had a good experience over there with Alex and meeting him and Coach Cutcliffe, and they got a well-run program over there, and, and he's going to be – He's going to be a good player in college, I think, whether he goes to Auburn or Arkansas. But Auburn's got his attention there, is no doubt. And he and he's got Auburn. You know, wrote last week, I think, or maybe earlier this week, that Marcellus Pulliam. You know, we were watching these two guys mm-hmm. for that middle linebacker spot. Uh, Auburn went and evaluated Marcellus Pulliam. Wasn't as high on him after the game as they were before the game. I think he slid down the board. I think Alex Sanford is the guy to watch at middle linebacker. He's going to visit Arkansas this weekend and then come to Auburn next weekend. So that'll be somebody to definitely keep an eye on in the coming days. And then Jay Head, the, the the new guy on Friday this or a week ago, uh, Auburn offered Arion Carter, who was a nobody, was an NR committed to Memphis. Yes. And Auburn offered him on Friday. And then after that, what has happened? It has been just an avalanche of offers for this kid. Now. And Cole can tell you guys this. As soon as I popped it, like I saw the offer, it's like, all right, let me go to Huddle and, and take a look at his highlights. And immediately I texted Cole and said, hey, man, he's got some good tape. Yeah, like, good. I, I, I think this kid can play. You know, you really don't know how these things are going to take off sometimes, but that Auburn offer just set the table because shortly thereafter Alabama offered and then Tennessee offered, yeah. USC offered, Oregon, UGA sniffing around. Florida offered. I mean, a who's who's list, and I think Chad Simmons has already moved him to a four-star. Straight to four-star. Straight to four-star. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a weak side linebacker in our defensive scheme. Um, I think he's probably, if if I'm being completely honest, as far as attainable targets are concerned, he is number one at your weak side linebacker spot right now. Yeah. Getting him on campus – Next weekend for the LSU game and the atmosphere that there should should be there. If you know, if we win this week, you know what I mean. The atmosphere that could be set coming to town could really be advantageous for us in this recruitment. But it's going to be a tough one, guys. I mean, look, when you're going against the who's who's list that just offered, it's not going to be an easy recruitment, but definitely a solid eval by Christian Robinson and great to get in there first. Um, and Look, Christian's doing a good job. I know that he has zero on the board right now. And it's the pedigree that is Auburn that's got, you know, him in the door. I guess it has Alex Sanford's interest. But it's also the relationship with Christian, okay? He is a fantastic recruiter. And you have to give him credit right now for battling and getting us in contention with some really great prospects. Absolutely. He's he's done a good job staying with everybody. And you also have Jaden Osbury, who's still on the line. I mean, he's listening Obviously, his brother's there, and that helps a lot. But that's another guy too. So there, there's just a couple of guys there where where he's not giving up on them, and they don't seem to be, you know, moving on either. They they want to at least hear him out, and that's a good sign, you know, with with everything that 
that goes on with Auburn's program right now. So I agree. And if you've ever met Christian or even her, this dude is as genuinely nice as they come. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable fella. And those guys, you typically hit it off with the right type of recruits. I mean, sure, there's some flashy guys out there and all that, but man, the guys like Christian Robinson, just genuinely just a beautiful, beautiful person yes. inside and out. Oh, man. Yeah. I would say the same thing about Ike Hilliard and, and Rock Bell and Tony and some other guys, too. They all have real nice, you know, uh, genuine personalities, and I think that's what they use in recruiting. And, and you see Rock and, and uh, Ike having some success with guys moving on board. So maybe a little different style than, than some other coaches, but the personable, you know, the way that they connect with guys is, is, is working. Christian is going to win most living rooms. I agree, and I think what you guys just stated, um, and Christian falls into that mold as relationship builder. Rock mm-hmm. Melatoni, relationship builder. I kill you to this point, relationship builder. Christian Robinson, relationship builder. Yeah. Zach Etheridge and Cadillac Williams, very similar. Yeah, They yeah. all are kind of cut from the same cloth in the fact that they invest in the relationship. It's not just about football with them. It's about knowing the kid, building a relationship with the kid, and the people that influence around the kid. Um, and that's that's still a very while NIL has become a huge part of recruiting, that relationship piece is still a very very big piece um, yeah. of the puzzle. And you know, um, sticking with that, another guy coming in next weekend. We saw Sam Spiegelman on three. Sam Spiegelman write a story about Tadarius Collins, uh, who's developed a very good relationship with Trevon Reed, off-field staffer for Auburn, who's done a fantastic job of recruiting the state of Louisiana for Auburn, at least behind the scenes. Uh, Collins will be here next weekend. I don't know if it's an official visit or an unofficial visit. I don't think it was stated in the story. I'll check on that this week, though. But T.D. Collins, another guy. Jay Head, you, you, uh, you've been tracking him. Very much so. And, in fact, when we were projecting our defensive class, I guess, what, back Mercer week, I think, he was my five tech in the class just because I thought that if you're looking at, like, if you're trying to read the room to a degree as far as, guys that we could get in on. I thought that he was a guy that because of kind of what you had heard with regard to Trevon Reed's prowess in Louisiana, that he's a guy that could get his attention and he has. And so now it's about, you know, when he has this final visit and he starts to meet with some of the other staff members, how does he gel? Does he really like Auburn? Does he see the need there? Um, You know, he's going to be concentrating on a guy like Colby Wooden. What does he see from him in that game and how he's being coached? So there's a lot of things in play there. But a kid with a lot of really good upside, some fantastic offers. I think he's got Baylor, Texas, um, Oklahoma, I believe, has also offered. You know, so he's not a scrub by any means. This is a guy with some big-time power five. Arkansas, you know, big-time power five offers that Auburn's in the mix on. So he is a more of a strong side in than he is a, a, a tackle. I think so, yes. Okay. Yeah, probably so, yeah. He will be one. I, I, I'm guessing there's going to be, you know, Jaden Osbury, Cole mentioned him. He's expected to be back for the LSU game. He's committed mm-hmm. to Notre Dame. Um, there's going to be a big list, and it might even be running visitors list worthy next week just to kind of track. Obviously, this is all contingent upon what happens tomorrow morning. Yes. So, uh, definitely some things to keep an eye on, but it all starts with the football game tomorrow. And, uh, as Justin Hokeson reported on Thursday, Zach Calzada is out for the season. 
He has made the, the decision to have surgery on his non-throwing shoulder. So he is off the table. T.J. Finley is out with the bum shoulder. Yes. Now you're looking at a redshirt freshman transfer quarterback in Robbie Ashford or and or true freshman quarterback Holden Gurner. And that is reason for concern, Jay Head. For me, it is, 100%. Um, I think you don't have to look any further back than the South Carolina game last year, seeing how Auburn performed with a quarterback that had not played a full game um, within their system. And when push came to shove, when South Carolina started moving eight guys to the box and really trying to shut Tank down, and we veered away from what had been working for us to that point, and put the load on TJ. He was unable because of his unfamiliarity in the offense and how to execute everything. He wasn't able to get it done down the stretch. And I'm not trying to bag the kid. It just, you know, it played out how it did. And, and we ended up dropping a very winnable game. Yep. I think there's the possibility, there very much is the possibility that this happens again against Missouri in a defensive staff that is very familiar with what Coach Harson is going to do. Blake Baker, the defensive coordinator for Missouri, is a protege of Manny Diaz. So everything you saw last week against Penn State, you can expect to see it again. They're going to overload the box. They're going to twist. They're going to stun up front. They're going to bring pressures up the A-gap and from everywhere else. And they're going to try to make – they're going to try to take Tank Bigsby out of the game, and they're going to try to make our quarterbacks beat us. And to this point, when Robbie Ashford is forced to pass (laughs) – Get get him. Thank you. That's good because, Cole, this game kind of worries you too. I know we both picked Auburn to win, but there is some concern. And we really don't have any way to justify that, right? I mean, no, no, I don't, I don't have like, uh, I'm not trying to be Nostradamus by picking Auburn or anything. I just, gut feeling says the rosters may be better than Missouri's. That may outlast. I think the players want to prove, hey, um, you know, individually, hey, we're not that bad. Okay, we're better than that. I think they got that mentality going into this. No matter what the drama is, I think they do have that mentality. Is it enough to win? I'm, I'm predicting that. I don't know that. I don't have a, a lot of confidence in that. So, uh, again, your quarterback situation, I mean, how, how important is that? It's number one. you got to right. have that, right? right. Um, I, I've seen a lot of good teams lose because their quarterback situation wasn't right. You know? And that's the part that scares me, Cole, is – can we execute a clean game from the quarterback position and can we win the turnover battle? And we have not done that. Uh, yeah. There's nothing that says Auburn can win the turnover battle here. Right. There, we have not done that in any of the first three games that we've played. Right. So that's, that is reason for concern. And then number two is the familiarity. I mean, not only does, you know, is Blake Baker a disciple of Manny Diaz, but, He's also been on Coach Harson's staff. He yeah. understands the offense, the play calls, the signaling, and I'm sure some of that has changed over time. But when you know or are familiar with what the answers are going to be to what you're trying to do defensively, that gives you a schematic advantage. Yeah. Now, Cole, I, I agree with you that from an overall talent base, if you're looking at the rosters, Auburn is a more talented roster from top to bottom. But we've got problems in certain areas, and if it's exposed – you know what I mean? And they are able to mitigate what we're able to do on the ground. That's going to be a bad day for us in Jordan-Hare. I mean, and at this point, I don't feel comfortable predicting Auburn to win. I just – my gut tells me that 
we're going to be emotionally low coming off of a game that we did against Penn State. Missouri had a very emotional game against Kansas State and then was able to go against an FCS opponent the next week and kind of work that out of their system. They've got a quarterback that's played in all three games. They've got a game-breaker in Luther Burden in the wide receiver core. You know, there's, there's some matchups there. And obviously, let's talk about Eli's relationship with Coach Harson and what he knows about the Boise offense. Well, that kind of goes along with San Jose State having a fighting chance in that game because they, they'd seen that before. That was not their first rodeo with, with that scheme on offense or defense. Correct. And uh, same for Missouri, probably. They're going to have an idea. And now I'll add this about Brady Cook, quarterback. He's a little bit like maybe Bo Nix was at times. Has moments where he freaks out and, and things go wrong. But a lot of times he's a gamer and, and makes things happen. And, and he can throw on the run. He can run. They're going to have design runs for him, things of that nature. And he can get out of harm's way. He can get out of pressure. Uh, that could be a problem. That could be a big problem for a pass rush that has been not great. Not right. Great. I mean, we're going to have to have our defensive line show up this game. You know, I said this on the modcast yesterday, but on the spectrum of Auburn beating the shit out of Missouri to Missouri beating the shit out of Auburn, I can make a case for everything in between that. I can make a case for both of them and everything in between. Because I just don't know. Correct. I, 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 and when I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm almost uh, – I'm revert to Vegas. And I think Vegas has Auburn in a touchdown favorite. And that's, uh, that's good enough for me. That's a lot I'm basing my projection on. Prediction. You're, uh, you're, you're, you're Missouri on it, right? <laughs> I am Missouri. <laughs> All Sorry. we need is Keith to pop out of my refrigerator back there with that Missouri 1927. Oh, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? It was. It really it was. was. And it really was. Have some some cool sports stuff like that. He is a sports historian, man. In tennis, golf, yeah, he's he's uh he, he's uh he's uh, he's a strange cat, no doubt. I mean, Jay Head, <laughs> we um we talked about this yesterday on the modcast. I'm gonna get your opinion. I, I think Cole's thrown his in there too. But um the uh, the the over under for Tank Bigsby was 77 and a half rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Tank got nine rushes last year. I mean, nine carries last week. Mm-hmm. It's my opinion, I was going to ride the hell out of him. And if yeah. nothing else, to make him happy. Yes. You're taking the over-under on that, 77 and a half. I'm taking the over. Okay. Because it, listen, Missouri has struggled to stop the run. Now, I do think that they have us at a disadvantage because they're not going to predict the quarterback to do much. And so they are going to overload the box, or we're going to have to be able to – we're going to have to be able to do some different things in the run game than what we've done to this point, which is just outside zone and mid zone. Um, we're going to have to mix up our looks a little bit. But my expectation is for Tank Bigsby to probably get somewhere to 90 to 100 yards in the running game this week um, and a touchdown. I think they're going to ride him for 20-plus carries. I think in general they're going to ride the run game. Um, and probably try to play to Robbie's strong suit with a lot of read option, a lot of quarterback option, um, some orbit motion, different things to stretch the defense to a degree, uh, you know, and take advantage of what it is that we do well. But to do that, when you're playing an overloaded box, the offensive line is going to have to play well. They're going to have mm. to, they're going to have to knock guys off. You know, the line of scrimmage and backs are going to have to be able to read 
the zone game. I mean, th- this is not a week where we can, you know, we can miss reads. They're going to have to press the hole and hit it in the right spot because if they don't, you know what I mean, it's, it's going to be a long day, guys. And that's that's how I see it too. But Cole made a good point yesterday, where I think Cole's got Robbie Ashford being the leading rusher. I could see that happening too. It's that spectrum again, anywhere between you know, I, I I just don't know, but I could definitely see Robbie Ashford running that read option. He's he, to me, he's more of a big play guy than Tank is with his the speed. Re- the reason I go with him, Jeffrey, is because I just don't. I just know they're going to be. I'm kind of. I'm with Jayhead on. It's a real, real opportunity Auburn could lose this game. And if that's the case and they get down, they are not an offense built to come from behind no. at all. Mm. Just, I mean, I don't, I don't even think, you know, the coaching staff would argue with that. They, they don't want to be behind. They're not built for it. It's not the way they operate. They're, they're a slow tempo. We're going to huddle. We're going to, you know, bleed the play clock, try to keep in front of the change kind of deal. Yes. So, uh, with Robbie Ashford in there, if you do get behind, you're going to have to press a little bit, and he's going to be in passing situations. And that's kind of what you want to avoid. But if he is, like I said in the scouting report or in the uh, how Auburn should attack, you know, he's going to want to run. And I don't blame him. I, I think his better choice, whether I'm going to try to fit it in a window or I should find a way to get out of here, is find a way to get out of here and run. I think that's what he's going to do a lot of times. I think he could be the leading rusher because of it. And I don't have 100% confidence that they'll use Tank the way that we all think they should. And that that's just me being honest about that. So They didn't last week. No, they, they didn't. And it, the thing that scares me about Robbie is his inability to read underneath coverage, and I think he's going to see a lot of zone this week because of that. Yeah. I don't, think I, I don't think they're going to let him break the pocket in man-to-man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because obviously that can be six very quickly if you play man against a guy with uh, skill set. Zone blitzes, Jay. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think they're going to dial it up from from different areas. You know, with the zone, with the back, maybe even a too high look just to keep the top on the coverage and everything in front of them. Yeah. Um, and a spy on the quarterback to a degree. You know, I think they're going to try to make Robbie as uncomfortable as he possibly can be. And while I am very high on holding Gurdon. I mean, extremely high. He has never taken a college snap. And if he were our best option, don't you think he would have started by now? Like, I, I, I know you don't want to ruin a kid, but when push came to shove and Bo Nix was a freshman, Gus played him because he was the best option. Yeah. If Holden were better right now at knowing the offense and executing throws, he would have played over TJ. So that scares the shit out of me, guys. I mean, I'm completely honest with you. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. Although I would I would like to see him in that action. I don't know if it's the best circumstance for him uh, to be able to prove what he can do. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm curious to see what he could do under the fire there. And, and I hope people would understand, you know, this is really not – this is not a great look at what Holden Garner could be at Auburn. Yeah, not right, at, right. Not Absolutely. Auburn. Good point, Cole. That's exactly right. No matter what happens Saturday or whenever he comes in, that is that's a great point. And to be honest with you, I'm actually relieved uh, and a little bit excited that there's no T.J. Finley. There's no Zach Calzada. I'm serious. Like, no, there's no excuses. I don't. Nobody can say put in Calzada or why are we? 
you got two quarterbacks, dude, in my opinion, who have the most upside without Calzada being in there. Like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of excited and curious to see what these kids can do. I don't have a lot of confidence in Robbie Ashford throwing the football. I don't have a lot of confidence in his consistency. No. Um, I, and, and so part of me wants to see Holden Gurner understanding and knowing that what I see is not the finished product. Yeah. It, it, it is the mere beginning of this kid. I want to see potential. I, I want to see his potential. And if, yeah. if, if we were playing, if Gurner was four games in and he was seeing Missouri, I would be licking my chops because right. I, he would just completely and utterly probably excel in this game. But it's his first game. And I think they're going to throw a ton of different things at him to confuse him with how they're, you know, rotating the safeties in the back end and everything else. You know what I mean? It, from a blitz or – you know, shifting front standpoint, anything, you know, anything they can do that's going to say, look, I, you've never seen this, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. at the college level, yeah. um, we're going to try to confuse you. So that's what scares me about it. It's not what his overall skill set is or what it, you know, what his potential can be. It's that it's, it's his first game against, and it's not against, you know, Mercer. This is against a P5 opponent and a P5 opponent in the SEC. They're not without talent. No. Now, they struggle, but they're not without talent. And, and they had a, they had a pretty uh, – just from me watching their game, I noticed a lot of the guys they had out there making plays are guys they picked up in the portal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had some success there and rebuilt a little bit, and, and, and they may be on the rise. I mean, look, I, they didn't look good against Kansas State, but they're trying to come together as a team. Maybe Eli Drinkwitz gets some – that's what worries you. But let me say this, too, real quick. I just want to add this before we get off the topic, and I know we need to move on, but – uh, I like to give credit where credit's due. I know we've talked about a lot of the bad things that happened, but they had over 400 yards of offense. Who is they? Auburn. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I should have clarified. Auburn State. Over 400 yards of offense last week. They had the first three drives of the game all went for 9, 10, and 12 plays and sustained and had a chance to put points on the board. Of course, turnovers got you. You ended up putting three on the board twice in those two drives. Something was working, okay? Something was working. It was. And early on, they were running the football. They were able to run the football. They were doing it. I think, personally, and and I've been critical of it before, about Tank Bigsby's ability to, you know, stay disciplined within the zone schemes. I think he's getting a lot better with that. I think the film he's putting out there right now of running these zone runs is, is much better for his NFL uh, draft ability. And I'll also give credit to TJ Finley because I think he has improved greatly from where he was in that South Carolina game that you were talking about, Jay. I completely agree. And look, in those first three drives you mentioned, what's the common denominator? TJ hit or converted on third and long in a lot of those. No, shit, and, yeah, yeah. He did. I mean, now, look, he made mistakes in that game and, and mistakes yeah. that cost us. But yeah. – Robbie put him in positions – I mean, or the staff put him in positions that were extremely difficult to execute, and he, he performed. Whether you said it right the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it goes hand in hand. It's not only Robbie, yes. Right. You know what I mean? Like, look, it was the staff's decision to right. yank him and play Robbie for two plays and then put TJ in on a third and 15. Yeah. You know what I mean? That doesn't allow for very much of a flow of the offense. Yeah. So that's what scares me is if we get in third and 15 with Robbie, what's he going to do? Because you don't have the safety net there in TJ now to, to bail you out. Yeah. Right. Um, so 
in and of itself, and I agree, Cole, look, we moved the football. We were, you know what I mean, we stayed within our offense. Receivers made plays on those, or quarterbacks were able to scramble. Yep. Um, you know, it looked good. And then the bottom fell out, you know, with that. Jeffrey, you called it. That punt to start the second half. And probably it's really, you know, our execution in the second quarter at the very end. We got a drive going, shed fumbles. Then we get the ball back, get a, get a big play to tank, get a penalty, move us backwards. Then Turnovers, by the way, are not always on the coaching staff. That's, that's sometimes things that are out of your control. Okay. No, I, look, the shed fumble is just a great play by the defender. Okay. Perfect. Shed's got in that situation, Shed's got to put two hands over the ball and protect it. But that was a really great strip by the defender. And, yeah. You know, those things happen. Yep. Because um, you were saying the, the, they got the ball back. Tank had a big play. Brandon Council. Yeah, Brandon Council penalty. So, middle error by us, you know, un- completely unforced. Then, you know, we end the half with TJ getting sacked, I believe, if I remember correctly. That's where you got hurt, wasn't it? I no. Think he, that's where, where he, he initially got, got hurt, yeah. He got hurt on the play where he was barreling over those guys to get the first down. That's he was right. carrying with two defenders. That's right. And then he came out in the second half, obviously injured, tried to roll out of the pocket, probably, you know, should have just thrown the ball away, but was trying to make a play, didn't feel the pass rush, got strip sacked. And there was our second turnover right there, and we were never the same after that. I think I was standing there in the end zone with uh, a coach from from Chipley, I believe. Nice. And uh, he made a good – he goes, man, when it rains, it pours, huh? I was like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's about it. It's just one bad thing after another that hit all at the same time, and you know. So uh, let's let's talk keys to success from you guys. I, I want to hear your opinion. What does Auburn have to do to win the game against Missouri? And then what's your prediction as to what happens? Mine is easy, and it's the same as it's always been. Don't turn the freaking ball over. Yep. Don't have an excessive amount of penalties. Yep. And how about getting a turnover? I, yep. I'm telling you, man. Turnovers and penalties for me. It's, it's turnovers and penalties for me. It, it, it is. It always is, especially with this team. Damn, quit turning the ball over and get one or two. Yes. Don't yeah. feel punts inside the five yard line. Yeah. Uh, just don't be idiots. And that's what I tell my son. That's what I tell myself in the mirror every day. <laughs> don't, don't don't be an idiot. You know. And that's Good damn price. idiotic shit. Brandon <laughs> Council, don't be an idiot. Yes. Yeah. No doubt. So, oh, what do you think? That's my key to the game. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> that's that's perfect. I mean, <laughs> look, we talked about we. I wanted to make that point a minute ago because we we have talked about the coaching and and we all agree there are some things that we would have probably done different. Uh, we're not at practice every day, you know. We got that going on. We're we're armchair quarterback in here, but there's also things the players have got to do better too. Um, that could be out of the control of the coaching staff. I think it goes both ways. I think two things are true, you know. So yep. I think, uh, well, I put it, I put it in my articles this week. I think Robbie Ashford needs to take off and run when he sees an opening. Um, I, I think the the term I used on that was, if you see an opening, tear into it. Don't wait. Don't hesitate. Don't overthink it. You got mm-hmm. legs. You don't have a great – you're not a great passer. If you're the guy in this no. entire game, use your legs and try to beat them that way. They'll try to stop it, and that will open other things up. Okay? I think that's number one. 
I think number two on defense, I, I think your linebackers, mm. I think your eyes mm. have got through. Mm. Backers in D-line, the front seven, you you got to stand up and, and, and you can't – you just got to be um, – you got to have more energy throughout the whole game. I think energy was the problem. I don't think um, scheme or anything was the problem every time. I think it was – where are you at? Where, where are we at right now? It's not like you're – they ran 60-something plays. They didn't gas you, you know. So, no. to me, those two things. Play with more energy. Have a little bit more pride about it. And I think Rob Pate said that in his mm-hmm. amazing article this morning. If y'all hadn't seen Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I think Robbie's got a chance to, to really lead something here if he uses his legs. That's me. Yeah, both. What you got? Let me start with this. Both former players, Rob and Ben Leard, have been phenomenal this week and some of their responses and critiques of the team. Um, let me start with that. But to win this game, it's the same recipe as last week. Number one, like you said, clean game from the quarterbacks. Do not turn the ball over. Execute what's in front of you. Take the check down if that's what you've got. Just make sure that it is continuous progress. And at a minimum, throw the ball away when there's not a play to be made. Throw it to your mama, yes. Do not turn the ball over. In row 17. Yeah, number two, control the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. In this game, we've got to be able to run the football, and we've got to be able to stop the run. Last week, we got eaten up by two different run concepts in duo, and like I said, that backside zone uh, cutback run. Mm. Linebackers have have to play downhill and fill gaps in this game. The defensive line has got to hold up. You know what I mean? Whether we're spilling it, wrong-arming it, whatever we're going to do, you know what I mean? You know, and if we're two-gapping at times, linebackers have to come up and stick their nose in a guard and take that on and feel – you know what I mean? And fit the run. I mean, we just did not do that in the second half last week. We did not fit the run at all. And some of that, like you called it, Cole, you said was our eyes got us in trouble. We over-pursued. Some of that was we got hung up in trash. It just – it didn't look good. So seeing that cleaned up would be a, a major improvement. Yep. And last but not least, and you guys talked about it, win the turnover battle. Mm-hmm. If you're not turning the ball over, you also have to create one. You can't go stalemate with this team. You need some juice. You need something to create some momentum in this You game. need to be in the black. Exactly. You need to be in the black, and we haven't done that all year. Can we flip the script tomorrow and get that done? If we do that and – let me throw in one cab- uh, one other thing here. Win the special teams game, the hidden yardage. Pin them on punts. Maybe get a kick return for touchdown. Look, we returned kicks and got popped at the 18, 19-yard line. If we let that go into the end zone, we're starting at the 25. That's a minus of seven yards. Stop and be smart on special teams. You know what I mean? I know they were trying to get back in the game, and they were trying to hit one big. Yeah. But sometimes – you just have to make sure you win the hidden yardage. So those are my four keys to success because the talent level, if we do that, if we play a complete clean game, we can beat Missouri. If we yeah. don't, that's a recipe for disaster, guys, and we can lose specifically with the issues that you've got at quarterback. Yep. I'm going to give you, look, look, real quick, three things I hope or I want to see. Okay. I, I, I hope we see Holden Garner. I hope we do. Yep. I want to see it. I, I hope we see more Landon King. 
Yeah, I want to see more Landon King. And, and and personally, I hope we see Camden Brown get his first college reception. There you go. We've seen, we've seen him put in the dirty work. I've seen him block. I've seen him do all of that. I've seen him run some routes. But I'd like to see at least get a target. I, I'd, yeah. I'd like to see Holden Gurner, Camden Brown, and Landon King. Anybody yeah. have any requests? I'm, I'm going to send them in to Keysaw. <laughs> <laughs> Phone a friend, huh? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think you hit it. Um, and, and that's just personally, you know, I, I don't know if that will help Auburn win or not. I just want to see it. Well, look, you're talking about guys that all have an extremely high upside. And in Landon King, you saw proof of concept to me and everybody last week. Seen it twice now. He also yeah. did it in the Iron Bowl last year. So mm-hmm. sometimes – I know people want to lean on veteran leadership. You just got to let a kid go make a play. You know what I mean? You got to let a young kid just go make a play and see what that does because that provides a spark. Right. I I give Malcolm Johnson some credit, too. He made two tight catches. One of them was – I didn't know he caught it. I thought he complete in a a rifle throw from Ashford and – and and he was the guy to me in fall camp that was making all those catches. And I was going, where where is he at? Look, I think more. The receiver core, it, look, Ike has improved the receiver core. Now, where right. the four was from last season, I mean, you know, we, we that's, a, that's a story for a different day. But as far as guys being able to catch the football, guys being able to create create separation, this this team has improved in that in that aspect of things. Yeah. Uh all right, uh, let's, let's get some how about you's, and then we will start the weekend. I've, yep. got, a, I've got a few. I've got a few. Anybody got any, J-Head, how about you? Uh, I no. mean, it was few and far between this week. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, understandably so. There's just sure. a lot of frustration. I don't blame the fan base on that. So I'm going to give no how about you's and no dingleberries this week. I hear you. Push from that standpoint. Cool. Uh, I do not. I'm going to okay. go with him. Actually, uh, I'm going to go with Jada because he's been he's been calling in and doing some good stuff there. So I'll go with Jada. Okay, I'm going to give a big how about you to LG Lord George, a very good poster and caller. He yes. requested and made brought it to my attention. Actually, it was on the modcast, but he was wrong. The modcast has never been the Shrivel Pod, but he was the one who said the Shrivel Pod. Uh, it, we, we he said we have been playing bad since it did not become the shrivel pod one. So there you go, LG. Maybe. <laughs> shrivel pod is bad. It's shrivel freaking pod. <laughs> I got a War Eagle J5. How about you to War Eagle J5? How about you to War Eagle 2223? He, uh, somebody asked, has anything, anything been going on this week? And Keith had posted about, Keith had posted about the, uh, the, the guy in Arkansas like bit somebody's nose off. Come mm-hmm. to find out he was the, uh, the CEO of Beyond Meat. <laughs> <laughs> big, oh. vegan, big vegan guy got arrested for biting somebody's nose off. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Nick Cannon. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, how about you to Yabo? How about you uh, to Jones RJ? How about you to Against the Spread? And a big how about you to BBP for bringing it to our attention again this morning, or maybe it was late last night, that the biggest how about you of the week goes to Buck1988, who is undergoing surgery this morning yes. um, to remove – a cancerous tumor, and we will be praying and thinking about Buck 1988. Buck, get well, big dog. Whoop that cancer's ass and report back to us ASAP, yes, man. We uh, will definitely be thinking and praying for you, man. And, uh, thank you, BBP, for, for bringing that up again this morning to remind us all. 
how uh, valuable life can be and how a lot of the times football is not a big part of it. So, uh, well, anything else, fellas? We've, uh, I think we've covered it all. We're going to make it a point that we will not mention Penn State anymore after this yes. telecast ends. We will move on. We will be talking about Missouri hopefully next week and the LSU game coming to town or the LSU Tigers coming to town. Uh, for any, uh, great, great show, man. We appreciate everybody listening. If you haven't, please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You're watching it right now. Just go down there and click subscribe to the Auburn Live YouTube channel. We've got daily free content coming out. Uh, all week long with Inside the 20, with the call-in show, with a modcast. What am I forgetting? Oh, Keith's Four Down Territory. We've got free content coming all the time. And, and if you hit that notifications, you'll get a notification when new uh, videos pop up or uh, uploaded. Hey, big how about you to Zach McKinnell there in the back, man. We appreciate you, Zach. Awesome producer. We really yes. appreciate that. Again, if you're not a member of Auburn Live on 3, go check us out. We've got a 50% off promotion going right now. First week is free. You can't beat it. Like a cute puppy. There you go. There you go. Hey, we appreciate Again, thanks, man. We appreciate everybody. For Cole Pinkston, for Jay Head, for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Lee. Y'all stay out of the left lane. See you.